straight or being gay or lesbian or bisexual or being transgender or queer or intersex is not a choice. It is who we are. It is how things are. It was never a choice to be a certain way. And it is not a choice, not an option to not be that way. But we hear from parents who don't understand, from people who do understand, but don't give a crap. Just choose something different, they say. So today, we talk free will. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. So glad you're here with us. My name is Robert Cottrell and I am here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. Well, again, thanks for joining us. I'd like to ask you to do something, one thing here specifically today, and that's wherever you're listening, whatever platform you're listening on, there's a way for you to rate this podcast. And if you give us five stars out of five, or give us five out of four, whatever your platform offers, <laughs> but give us the top, top rating on that. It does help because what that does is a higher rating helps us show up higher on searches. And when people are looking for help, uh, be it a parent with an LGBTQ plus child or someone deconstructing their faith or someone hearing the lies and false teachings of their church and they want an alternative, we want to come up high in the searches. We are not monetized here. We don't have sponsors or anything. So it's not about us. It's about being um, more visible to people who are looking for the type of advice and counsel and answers that we're giving. So if you could rate us five stars, that would really help. So thank you very much. Okay, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Yep, cool. Well, we all know that being you know straight or, I don't know, being gay or lesbian or, or bisexual or or being transgender, or queer, or intersex is not, not, capital N-O-T, not a choice. It's who we are. It's how things are. It was never a choice to be a certain way, and it's not a choice, not an option not to be that way. But we hear it all the time. One of the, when new parents, new to the idea that they have a, an LGBTQ child, contact us, we hear all the time from these parents who just don't understand and then we also hear from people who do understand, but honestly, just don't care. Don't give a crap. And they say, well, just choose something different. Why can't you just choose to be straight? So we would thought, or we thought we would talk about choice. We would talk about free will. And we start today with an email. And by the way, we love your capital L-O-V-E. We love, <laughs> I'm going to do that all throughout the podcast. No, I'm not. <laughs> Click. Everyone's gone. Hello. If you're still there, thank you. We love your emails. Susan, you answer everyone, and your questions are often the spark for us to create a podcast episode. So yeah. please write us. Write us with your questions, your comments, your suggestions as to what you would like to hear us talk about. You can do that at podcast at freedhearts.org, or you can just use the connect with us section at the website, freedhearts.org. So, yeah. Yeah, and we figure when you write in, there are other people that have similar questions. Yeah. And, and I read them and think, oh, I bet this is a common question. Yeah. So, so we got yeah. an email. Yes. So you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, this person wrote and said, first of all, I want to say how much your podcast means to me. Oh. That's very nice. I've been on my deconstruction journey for several years now, and I'm finally starting to reconstruct my faith. 
There was always a lot of theology I did not quite understand, even as a kid. Yeah, it was my discernment speaking to me before I knew it was. I've always been big on love and inclusion, and the theology I was following didn't seem to have room in the box for LGBTQ plus people, people who disagree, etc. Though I still have more hurdles and trauma to face, I can say I feel closer to a true relationship with God more than I ever have. The reason I share a snippet of my story is because you have all helped me so much change my faith and reroute my trauma, fearful, toxic theology. Thank you for all you do. Please continue this beautiful and holy work. Oh, thank you for saying that, by the way. Thank very, you. very We kind. know you're listening, so thank yeah. you so much. And then um, she writes, the next part is, could you all do an episode on free will? I feel like a lot of people use this as an attack on LGBTQ+. Essentially, when LGBTQ plus people say they are made in God's image and that they were born to be LGBTQ plus, people will argue two things. One, being queer is a choice. Two, that there is free will and we can, again, choose anything, but it doesn't mean God will like it. Okay, where did this idea come from and what does it actually mean? This popped in my head after listening to your Religious Liberties episode. After Robert said, I can love somebody and I can leave the rest to God. Makes me think maybe free will is more about getting the grace to be in different places in our faith journeys and getting to choose who we are individually. All the best blessings and a big old West Virginia hug. No, a big old West Virginia hug, <laughs> a big old Washington hug right back at you. So, okay, okay. Again, these are that good. That may not be her accent. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Blessings and a big old West Virginia hug and a big old Washington <laughs> hug right back at you. Okay. I found out in my genealogy that most of my family is right from that area for like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of years Yeah, from that Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia. So yeah. it's in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, back on track. Squirrel? <laughs> um, okay. I mean, these are good questions about ridiculous accusations that being queer is a choice is demonstrably false. Yes. But when you throw out common sense, reason, and empathy, that's the kind of thing you're left with. Yeah. But you're going to get to that, I think. So first, let's start with the free will. Yeah, the easy stuff. Yeah. Okay. And by easy, I mean totally not easy. (laughs) I mean, free will has been a raging battle for centuries, and whole books have been written on it. So we won't nail it down here, but... You know, and even a glance at the Wikipedia entry leaves you saying, what? (laughs) That's true for a lot of Wikipedia entries. Yeah, well, for a lot of issues that are not just soundbite. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So when someone tells you, you've got a free will, so choose to be straight, they don't really know what they're talking about. They really don't. It's sort of a straw man they throw up so they can tell you to to be straight. And and then you throw up because you're so tired of hearing it. (laughs) Free will is inherently paradoxical. John Calvin, one of the key figures in the Great Reformation, ascribed free will to all people in the sense that they act, quote, voluntarily and not by compulsion. People have a choice and are self-determined, and their actions stem from their own voluntary choosing, close quote. And that's from Wikipedia. And at the same time, Calvin developed a whole theology that became Calvinism, that's about predestination, that you can't choose to be saved, that God chooses you for heaven or hell. That's a kick in the pants. So, on the one hand, Calvin's saying, you have free will and act 
voluntarily, not by compulsion, but God chooses you for heaven or hell. So you see the paradox, right? And I'm not affirming what Calvin said. I'm just saying it's paradoxical. That's just the way it is. And that's just one of the many paradoxes of free will. But I'm not saying we don't have it either. Not free will is also inherently paradoxical. We don't even know what free will means because it bumps up against other people's free will and also against a sovereign God or a prescient God, a God who knows everything ahead of time. So we won't be nailing this down here. Okay, this is this is the worst part here. This is the theology part here. I Sounds just, a little bit like like the multiverse. Okay, <laughs> I'll go with that. I'm My free will bumps fine. up against your free will in another yeah. verse. And, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. This is why I'm not a Marvel superhero. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. But we don't, but we, let me just say, we don't need to nail this down because it's a red herring. Mm, yeah. It's a red herring. They're bringing it up to you to say you have a choice not to be queer because that serves them and their limited worldview. But you don't have a choice not to be queer. The idea that it's a choice has been proven time and time again to be false. Ask them if they remember when they chose to be straight or cisgender. But of course they didn't choose. They just suddenly became aware of it or gradually became aware of it, right? So if they think that you can choose to be gay, tell them to go sit in a cafe one Saturday afternoon and just watch the the people and decide who they would be gay with if they chose to be gay. If it's choosable, let them lead the way, all right? Tell them to imagine if they could only marry somebody of their own gender, have them go start looking around to see how it would feel to choose that, okay? that They can be in solidarity with you this way. <laughs> choose it for a weekend. Oh, I don't think it'll take a whole weekend. <laughs> no, they'll be disgusted yeah. or turned on <laughs> if they're in the closet. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, you know the the thirty seven year experiment experiment yeah that was Exodus International the ex gay conversion therapy has demonstrated beyond any question that the most dedicated committed uh, incentivized faithful people you could ever want were unable to change their romantic orientation or gender identity yes and these people have put more effort into becoming straight than the naysayers have put into even understanding their lived experience, let alone the scripture verses around them. You know? Right. These, uh, the ex-gay, ex-ex-gay, these ex-exodus participants prayed and prayed and prayed, and God did not change them. Okay? Yeah. So imagine that God would put this enormous burden on these people and then not lift a single holy finger to help. Well, that's exactly how the Bible described the harsh, uh, hypocritical, hyper-judgmental religious leaders who Jesus condemned soundly. Well, isn't that something? So I think we can safely say that it's not God that puts burden on people. It's the church. Yes. Religion. Both the leaders and the people that follow that. The rules-based church. That's right. That's theology. Right. You know, and I have a sweatshirt that says, bad theology kills. Well, it does. Yes, it does. And of course, it's not just ex- an Exodus. It's it's throughout history. <laughs> I have a note here. 
I'm going to say this because it's just funny. I have a note here on some things, and and there's a typo. Instead of saying it's throughout, it says tits throughout. So I just, just tossing that out there. That's what made me laugh. So tits throughout history. Tits throughout history that people have tried to be straight or or cisgender and have not been able to. And just a note here, we talked about the 37 years experiment that was Exodus. That same thinking, that same program under different names is alive and well every single day in every single state in this country. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of pharmaceuticals here that have been banned in this country because they don't work or they're dangerous. And so the pharmaceutical companies don't want to lose money on it. So they send them out to other countries. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Exodus closed down because it doesn't work and it's dangerous, but little pop-up places in other churches yeah. don't want to call it well, quits. And they're not just little pop-up, too. They're major organizations out there yeah. who have refined the message. And they get a lot so of money So to speak, they it. get a lot of money and they get a lot of people going there. And so you can identify those by, yeah. by the keywords. I think you already know about desire to change. They use things like... Um, uh, struggle with same-sex attraction, those kind of phrases that that right. identify them as no, 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 no. Right. no. This is this is old school conversion therapy. Right. Yeah. Let God change you. We're going to force you to. Yeah. yeah. So I think we can safely say that it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. And of course, Exodus is, was just the experiment. It, the cases, you know, of trying throughout history. We know all that the, how much they've tried throughout history. Because it's never really been a good time to be gay or transgender, you know. They and they'll say it's popular for kids these days. Like, you know, they're just being cool. Well, I'm not going to be with a woman just to be cool, and nor will you be with the wrong person to be cool. And and you know, and any any um, onus that's been lifted off of the gay community, off of gay people, and allowed the, them to come out doesn't make straight people gay. Straight people don't become, oh, now I'm going to be gay. Right. Now, if they if they tell you they're gay, it's because they were, and now they feel safe yeah. to do it. And, and this whole, because it's cool, is just bullshit. Yes. You know? <laughs> you said it. Why would they choose it? Right. Well, and that's the thing. To be in a church or a family setting that condemns this is unbearably difficult. Why would you you be... The black sheep, no one chooses this. No one. They would do anything not to be that. Every person I've talked to prayed and prayed and prayed when they first realized these feelings inside that they wouldn't be because they knew what was in store for them. You know, no one wants to be a lightning rod. So, writer, tell your person, please stop saying people can choose. They can't. The choice they're asking for you really is to go back in the closet and pretend, which is what those ex-gay stories are. They just they just are. Keep in mind, that's what they all are. Yes, the, they are all, the, all that. The major ones that always get tossed around there, and I'm not going to name them because I, I don't even want to give them airtime, right. but the major ones that are used all say that they still, quote, struggle with same-sex attraction. Well. Why? Because you're because you're still gay. That's yeah. right. They're just pretending yeah. to be straight from the guilt and the shame, and that's what they think others want. Whatever. You know, 
and God help. I mean, they're the family. They often get married and have kids, and the and but they're gay. They're gay. Anyway, and and Alan Chambers, who was the final president of Exodus, and finally shut it down. You know, he said, I. He told us, you and me, that you know. He said, I know all those people who have the ex-gay stories, but they're all gay. They're still gay. They've just chosen to be in the closet, and that's exactly right. And these peri, as you said, these people then marry, quote, in faith that they're straight now. Well, down the line, then they they see it doesn't work. Now they've defrauded their spouse, who's devastated because they didn't get what they deserved in a partner. They've now got kids who have to wrestle through all of that. So it's it's a really, when you widen out that web of lies to embroil spouses and children in addition to you, you know, it's really problematic. I, <laughs> yeah, to say the least, to problematic. Say the least, yeah. yeah. And we know this is false and inauthentic. And so you can't possibly say it's from God to pretend. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And if your naysayer prefers the closet to being out, they are free to be in one. But they are not free to tell you or anyone else to be in one. Yeah. So, okay then. So, Moving forward, they'll say, well, then just be celibate. Okay, don't go in the closet, just be celibate. We've talked about being celibate before. Yeah, and we have a whole we have an entire episode about this. Yes. Yeah, so you can search for that. Yes, it, it's, it's untenable. And, you know, it's easy for the other person to say. What, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, yeah, it's easy for them to say. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. But here's the thing. Celibacy is a calling, according to Christian doctrine that they are supposedly referencing. It's not a default. It's a high calling. And really few people in the Bible have been called to celibacy. And no one can tell you what your calling is, and no one can tell you that being celibate is your calling. No. No, no. Bad dog. No. Being celibate is not a default. It's not a catch-all for for categories we don't understand, because God's bigger than our concept. Um, we're designed for community. We know that specifically for partnership. When a partner is created, Christians are fond of telling you, God said, it is very good. That was the first very good was the partner. And it wasn't that the partnership was very good because of one man, one woman. It's not that. That gets blown out of the water by the whole era of multiple wives and concubines that God gave them, doesn't it? So, a partnership is what's very good, and that allows for mental health. A friend of mine said a while back that there's a certain kind of maturing that comes in a committed partnership mm-hmm. that just isn't available when you're lifelong single. And she, we weren't talking about celibacy. This was long before all this happened in our lives. But I thought that's really true. You mm-hmm. learn to live with and navigate. You learn to love. You learn to sacrifice. You learn to share your dreams uh, uh, on, you know, over the pillows at night. You mm-hmm. learn to share. You, you've got someone to to rub your shoulders when they're hurting. All of that you don't yeah. get to have if you're celibate. Well, you can have a friends group, really. Yeah, really. That's you think that's the same thing? Okay. So <laughs> all kinds of hell, and then you're in danger of falling in love with somebody. So you really have to keep your distance. You don't. You're not allowed intimacy yep. when you're 
committed a lifelong celibacy because the risk is too great. And we've seen how that's blown up with imposed celibacy. Can you think of a certain type of religious leader that's been yeah right? I'm just yes, going to say Catholic priests. Just, just right? in the news, just in the news in the in the past few weeks, 600 cases in Baltimore alone, new cases. Yeah, that this is so. Yeah. yeah, that when when your sexuality goes dark by imposed celibacy, it's going to come out some way. Yeah, hmm. and you know that's a a great place for people who are not yeah. allowed to be. Their sexuality. Because it leaves people alone. And that's, I mean, yeah. it leaves them alone and that's not good. And that's, that's right. not a good scenario. And ve- that's right. why very few are truly called into celibacy. If you choose celibacy under duress, if you're forced to by, yep. by default, that's not that's God's not, calling. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And anyone who thinks that celibacy is the best way to serve God, they are welcome to choose lifelong celibacy for themselves. And that's where free will really comes in. They're welcome to to choose whatever fits their paradigm for themselves. The only relevance free will has to the naysayer is what they choose. Yes, you say that again because I think that's that's critical. That the only yeah the only relevance that free will has to the naysayer is their choice. What are you going to choose? But free will does not mean that you get to determine the course for other people or compel them to choose. When, which is when it ceases to be free will. That's really the point right there. That's really the point. So, come on, people. This is not <laughs> rocket science. But it is common sense, which these rules-based churches lack. So, imp- impose lifelong celibacy is not a biblical position for an entire group of people. That's not the point of it. And no one has the right to impose that on other people. And you can tell your naysayer, I understand that you believe that gay people should choose to be straight or go back in the closet or choose lifelong celibacy. If you ever discover that you're gay, you are free to make that choice. But that's not my path. It's not healthy, and I would advise anyone against it because it's not good for us. You can tell them that sweetly. <laughs> you can tell them I said so. <laughs> I mean, rules. Rules-based Christians are capable are capable of honestly some extraordinary mental gymnastics. They have to be. They have to be to justify these learned beliefs because it defies all common sense. Yes. It really does. It is simple and it defies common sense. And I love what the writer said about free will. They said that maybe free will is about getting the grace to be in different places in our faith journeys and getting to choose who we are individually. And that's great because free will necessarily would mean we're each in our own place on the path. We're, we are not Stepford Christians. Yeah, well, we're not meant to be anyway. Yeah, although that would be a great movie. <laughs> Stepford Christians. I love Christians. that. I love that. <laughs> Somebody get, make that movie. I'm sure it would get reviewed really poorly. They're really good at doing that when, when something they don't oh, like. That, anyway, okay, that, It's like banning books. It makes everybody want to yeah. get it. Yeah. But that's, that's why the gospel is oh so simple. It really is, let me, let me recap it for you. Love God, help others, treat others as you want to be treated, and don't treat them as you don't want to be treated. Yep. This will give you more than enough to do for the rest of your life. Seriously, that's what we have the free will to do. Helping the poor, protecting the vulnerable, not judging or condemning. All of these things are dealing with the plank in your own eye 
instead of the speck in your neighbor's. Or the perceived speck. Or the perceived speck. That's where free will comes in. And that's what Jesus taught. And we get to say, that here, here's your, your arsenal for you right now. You can say, I know you see it that way. I don't. You do your free will as you see fit. I'll do mine. Yeah. Okay. Well said. That was a great response to that. Well thank said. Thank you. So, yeah. Again, and so as we wrap up here, I want to thank you for making the free will choice to share this time <laughs> with us today. Again, please connect with us. Please yes. do. We'd love to hear from you. We love yes. your questions. You are beloved. Yes, you are. You beloved, are. As you are for who you are, period. Full stop. Mic drop. Yeah. And we hope you make the choice to join us next week. We love <laughs> we you love so you. much. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by Hannah Cottrell our daughter the Grammy nominated Saint Sinner and you can find out more about her at heysaintsinner.com please share this subscribe and follow on your favorite platform and thanks for listening